You are listening to another episode of Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating all kinds of creativity on the north coast of New South Wales. Uh, very lucky today to have a young up-and-coming uh, artist. His name is Heath Lancaster. He recently participated in the Toyota Star Maker finals out at Tamworth Country Music Festival. Um, and he's doing his thing, writing tunes and making a living from music, which I'm always stoked to hear. Uh, we sat down and chatted all about his story. Uh, so enjoy and don't forget to subscribe. And if you're enjoying it, share with your friends and all that sort of stuff. It helps um, us conquer the Spotify podcast world. Uh, otherwise, enjoy the show. Hey, you are listening to Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating sounds and all other artistic endeavours on the North Coast, in the studio, in the humid studio up in Fernmount. Uh, today, we have Heath Lancaster from Gladstone coming to have a little chat. How are you going, Heath? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Nice to see you. Good it's been, to see you too. It's been a little while. Um, I always love to get uh, artists' take on, you know, where creativity started from them when we start the interview. So, uh, why don't we just jump straight in? Uh, tell us about you. Where did you grow up? Who who are you? And and then kind of segue into like, you know, did you pick up the guitar? Did you pick up art? Like, where did creativity start for you? Yeah, for sure. I grew up on a small farm outside of Kempsey. Um, this small farm near Belmore River and uh yeah my uncle gave me a guitar when I was about 11 yep and then I just fell in love with it and then yeah slowly worked out how to play and then that turned into working out how to write songs nice <laughs> yeah. you self taught yeah mostly i had a few guitar teachers starting out but then for a couple of years but then yeah moved over to Self, self-teaching. Yeah, yeah. It's always a good way to, I mean, I, like I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that, you know, you learn by doing a lot of the time exactly. and, and, um, yeah. and I'm one of those kids, well, was one of those kids that didn't enjoy somebody telling me stuff. <laughs> so you're yeah. probably the same, just take, you know, you like a duck to water sort of take it. Um, you know, you said that you started with guitar. What was it when you first started playing the guitar uh, that you kind of fell in love with? You said that you kind of just took to it straight away. Yeah, like, what, what, I don't what made know. you? I think I've always been fascinated by music since I was a very young age. Mm. I remember sitting in the back seat of my parents' car when I was like three or four years old and listening to Powderfinger. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and just going, wow, that sounds so cool. That's great. Yeah, and then I remember going to music shops and just, yeah, being fascinated by the guitars. Yeah. Going, I want to learn how to play them one day. There is yeah. something quite magical about it, isn't there? It is. When you, when you strum it and you just, I don't know, evokes this feeling yeah 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 you and and you kind of like write like that and we'll get to your music in a little bit but like obviously uh you know having having had the pleasure of listening to you and seeing you play you've got that kind of emotive kind of um vibe when you play and certainly i can hear it in your songwriting no, thank you is that something that like you learned did you have like inspiration where you draw from particular artists or anything yeah like that? definitely well my parents were big country music fans yeah so i listened to a lot of troy Cassadaly and Casey Chambers yep. growing up, and they're very uh, motive yeah, storytellers. Um, so I think that yeah, that's probably where I got my inspiration from, largely. But yeah. then yeah, it, um, you know, moving on, being a part of the Spotify generation, we listen yeah, to yeah. so many different artists. So yeah, 
I've have so many influences. There's yeah. so uh, there are some great. I mean, look, we are, it's almost a, a common um, theme on this podcast talking about you know Spotify and how painful that is sometimes. <laughs> but it, yeah. it it is really great how you can uh, discover so many artists. Uh, yes, they're not getting paid as much as they should be. Artists such as yourself, you know, you get like lots of streams or whatever, and you're like, okay, I can afford a, a nice dinner tonight. Maybe <laughs> you know, it's it's not great, yeah. but. There is something to be said for that um, availability and how the algorithm does work. And you probably come across stuff on your playlist where you're like, this is an amazing song. I, I would have never otherwise heard. Exactly. Yeah. It is pretty incredible how it works. Yeah. Just listen to a song that anywhere in the world at yeah, any time. Exactly yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, yeah. just, I remember like I grew up in the um, illegal downloads age <laughs> <laughs> where I didn't do that for very long because I did get to the point uh, even as a young um, teenager where I was like, this is not right. This kind of feels like stealing and I want to support the artists. And now it's like, it, now it's, everything's just more or less free. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. So, yeah. okay. So you grew up, you were listening to a lot of country music and you were enamored by the guitar. Yeah. Um, you picked it up when you said, you said you were about 11? About 11. Yeah. And when did you start writing songs? Probably when I was 13 or 14. Yeah. Yeah. So you, do, do you have a family? Like, is there music in your family? A couple of my uncles play guitar, but other than that, n- yep. no, not at all. Not really. Like my my family is a very sporty family. Right. Like grew up playing rugby. Yeah, my whole childhood. Yeah, and music was kind of secondary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I so don't know. It is, and for you, is that like a? Well, I mean, I'm sure you you've got really supportive family and parents and Definitely. whatever. But was it uh, something that for them it was a bit strange that you Definitely. had this like musical addiction? <laughs> Definitely, it was always. Yeah, they're always very interested and wanted to learn as why? much about it as yeah, yeah, <laughs> why as well. Yeah. But um What do you tell them? What do you like if they you know, I guess like I'm I'm always fascinated because in Australia we ha we do have a very sporty culture. We're we very do. sports oriented. Very much um, so. and I love sport. Like, you know, yeah. I love it brings people together, it brings exactly. people a lot of joy. But so does music. So, and yeah. um but we don't we don't have the same kind of uh I guess um, passion and, and at least the vibrancy around music and, and people learning music and music as a career too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's definitely out of the ordinary. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I think they see that I believe in myself and I believe in my songs. So they're um, happy to support me, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, like at the end of the day, um, essentially what, what you become is an entrepreneur. Exactly. And and you're you're building your brand and you're building your catalogue of songs and that kind of thing. And it's great if you have supportive parents, supportive family who even if they don't necessarily get it. Um <laughs> because it is different. Yeah. It's a di- it's a different life. You, you know, you're Definitely. you're trying to do your thing as a musician. It's not it's not just clean cut like going to a job for exactly. nine to five. You There's know? always moments of self doubt, you know, because yep. people are always questioning um, you know, your choices. Yeah. As but yeah, just a part of me feels like I have to do it. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm trying to pursue it. But yeah, there's definitely some low moments, as there is high moments. But yeah, well, I think that's the thing, right? Like you, yeah, uh, to to reach those high moments, to have those like beautiful moments, and we'll talk about some of those because yeah. you, you've had some exciting stuff happen this year. Um, you kind of have to go through those low moments exactly. too, as well. Definitely, there's it's definitely a roller coaster of a career compared to some other yeah. career choices that I almost pursued <laughs> well, tell me yeah. what, what, what were you almost going to pursue well i got accepted into advanced science at macquarie uni so i tried oh. really hard at school 
and and then I kind of didn't use any of that and just kind of had a gap year, which turned into three gap years. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And then- Lots of songwriting. Yeah, lots of songwriting and learning. I learned music production. Yeah. Did a um, sound production uh, course. Yeah. And then, yeah, now I've moved down to Sydney and, yeah, pursuing it. So take take me back to uh, when you were 13 and 14 and you've been playing the guitar for a couple of years now. And you write, it's starting to write your first, you know, songs or whatever. Yeah. What were those first songs about? Was it Lost Love? Was it about a, a, something, you know? Actually, I'll say my first songs were probably when I was way younger, but they were terrible. Like probably when I was five or six, I didn't know how to play any instruments, <laughs> but I used to muck around with my brothers. And we used great. to sing about like Hot Summer or something. Yeah, yeah. There's one, there's one that goes, hot summer, it's a hot, hot summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's hooky. That's, that was the whole song. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, my first proper song, yeah, it was 13 or 14. And uh, it was, a, I think it was, I, I heard a story of this uh, old guy that had just lost his um wife of about 70 years. Yeah. And I was just so, so moved by that. He he lived down the road. Wow. From, from me and. Yeah, it was a song called Flowers to Find and I just, yeah, that was my first proper song of just I, I kind of felt for his situation. Yeah, there's beautiful imagery there and I mean yeah. for, for a young person to be kind of coming up with those concepts, like are you, are you the type that like reads a lot? Like where, definitely, do you, you know, where do you draw your lyrical inspiration from? I'm not sure. I've always, I do read a lot but not as much as I should. Yeah. But I don't know, I've always liked poetry and I've always been a huge fan of, I don't know if you know Passenger? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, his, yeah. his lyrics are poetry. And so I've, I think I've learned a lot from listening to his music. Yeah, like lots of yeah. metaphors, like metaphors, really beautiful metaphors. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that like, um, uh, you know, the certain songwriters can really capture a mood without actually saying anything specific about a situation. It's just using metaphors and, and cap- capturing that kind of emotion. It's, Is that kind of the trajectory where you see yourself as a songwriter, like trying to capture the emotion without definitely. necessarily being super specific? Exactly, yeah. I love that yeah. type of songwriting. Like you just get this overwhelming feeling of emotion or, yeah. or vulnerability and I don't know, you just want to put that into a song. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> yeah. it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm very literal. I'm very like matter of fact, and and sometimes I really struggle to, to apply metaphors because I'm like, then no one knows exactly <laughs> what I mean. I like I want to be understood. Yeah, um, I get that. But but yeah, the whole idea, I guess, like you know, with metaphor is like you can uh, apply it to so many different situations. You know, exactly. It can be like you know, lost love, whatever. I love um, yeah, the listener not knowing exactly what it's about and they yeah. can kind of kind of interpret it how they like. Yeah, no, it's but, a great way. But I also like the songs that are more literal as well because then, you know, you understand it. So yeah. <laughs> it's one yeah. of those things. I guess it depends what you're writing about too. Exactly. Like for a lot of, for a lot of my songs, like I'm writing about specific situations. I'm like, I right. want people to know exactly what's happening. Yeah, um, cool. But but, you know, I am always fascinated by artists who can, exactly like you said, I mean, like, that sounds like a beautiful story. And, and the song title, Flowers Define, like, you're 14 years old, this situation happened, and you were able to kind of capture capture that by putting it into a metaphor and, and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, yeah. I just, I, f- I found it, um, yeah, just, I loved the process of creating mm. it. Yeah. 
When you write songs, what's what's your go to for your um, you know, songwriting technique? Like, do you have lyrics? Do you have melody? Do you have guitar sounds? Is it a bit of a mix and match kind of scenario? Yeah, usually it's it's a moment of vulnerability yeah. or emotion, and I just sit down and then play some chords and then hum a melody, and yeah. they I call them mumble words. So like, I just sing what comes into my head mm. and even if they don't make any sense but they they just kind of it's surprising how often that the first take of just sitting down and playing the chords and then singing is so close to the final yeah. final product when yeah. i when i've never even i don't don't know this song like this just was created yeah but it's it's surprising how it works like that it's quite a yeah Interesting experience. I think, um, yeah, no, totally. I, I love that. And I'm always of the opinion of capturing as much of the first moments of inspiration as possible. Definitely, yeah. Um, and like you say, I mean, look, I, I'm a little bit different. Obviously, we, we have different styles. And yeah. sometimes I'll go through four or five different, completely different evolutions of a song. Wow, and, then, like yeah. you say, and then come back to the original. The original. Go, Actually, this one, I wasted a whole <laughs> lot of time with these other ones. Did, you know what I mean? Yeah, I did the same thing. Sometimes I create like... 10 or 11 versions of it yeah. and it's never as good as the the first idea. Isn't that an interesting thing that like when you get in your head and you get into production and, and there are obviously great producers who can take a song from like, you know, let, let's say 80% is 80% ready and they can take it and get you to that 100% yeah. or whatever. Um, but those moments of inspiration is what's so magical about music where something just comes to you and you're like, where did that come from? Yeah. And then you try yeah. to recreate it with this like formula or you exactly. try to reproduce it or whatever. And it doesn't have the same, um, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the word is. It doesn't have the same um for it. doesn't quite capture you the same way. Definitely. I think, yeah, people relate to authenticity, I think. Yeah. And, and if, if you're telling a real, if you're explaining a real moment in time in your life, how you feel at that point in time, I think people connect to it. Yeah. Not all the time, obviously, but I think it's you got you got a higher chance of people connecting to it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's right, and I think you've used that word too, like vulnerability um, and story too. Like it, it's part of your story, and if you're trying to overdo that and overexplain, and that's probably you know something that um, you know different styles have different takes or whatever. But if you if you just have that rawness, that initial inspiration, I think it can capture people's imaginations Definitely. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there is something real and tangible Definitely. about it. It's not like, oh, they sat in a studio for 12 months and carefully crafted exactly. every single word. It's like, no, this came from a moment of like, you know, someone feeling down or feeling yeah. love or whatever the emotion was. Definitely. Know? And I've been really trying to embrace imperfection as yeah. well, not just with writing songs but with production as well because I think – I know people relate to imperfection a lot more than perfection. <laughs> it, well, it's interesting, yeah. right? Like you can have a song that is like flawless in its production. I know. And, and sound great, yeah. but it doesn't hit home as much. No. Yeah. yeah. I've had, and I had a producer I was working with um, like over the years and I wrote a song ages ago called po- Perfectly Faulty. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he kind of used my, my uh, song title against me because I was similar to that um, vibe of like, no, I've got to have this perfect. Yeah. And I was like, can you do this? Can you do that? Like we've, I know it's almost finished, but if you can do all these things and he's like, you know what? 
maybe you should take like a minute to think about the title. It's perfectly faulty. Like leave those little imperfections in Definitely. there. And that yeah. kind of spoke to me heaps. I was like, oh, yeah. It doesn't need to be all clean cut. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. I love the little, you know, guitar rustles in the background yeah. and little background noise. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it obviously depends on the genre, but, you know, sometimes it can, yeah, massively add to the track. Yeah, I think it creates texture. It creates something unique about the track as well. You know, like if you have everything clean cut and everything's perfectly produced, obviously, you know, as an artist, for me anyway, that's kind of where I want to get to. Yeah. But- I want to get to the kind of having everything perfectly produced and still having that raw moment. Rawness coming and, through, and, yeah. Know, and I suppose, you know, that's the that's the goal, like sitting in the studio all day, all all week, trying to kind of get better at, at having those moments of inspiration, capturing them, yeah, and then still being able to improve on them. And it's just a learning process. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So no, where are you at in your um in your songwriting career? And we might sort of segue a little bit. You've had a really exciting year. Uh, you've been a part of a, a, a few cool things. Like yeah. What's been happening for you? Well, I had the Star Maker competition out at Tamworth Country Music mm. Festival in April, which was incredibly exciting. Yeah, I had a great experience out there. Got to play in front of a huge audience, which I haven't haven't done before. How many people? <laughs> I think there was about five thousand. That's six, amazing. Six thousand. Yeah. yeah, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, learn a lot about the industry and, mm. and yeah, I'm massively grateful for that, for that. Did you, so, uh, cause I've interviewed, uh, Billy Joe Porter and also Jake Davey, who were also out there with you this year. Yeah, f- for sure. Um, and I can't remember how many t- songs they said that they got to play. W- uh, was it three or? I think two songs. Two songs. Two songs. And you had a full band like, yeah. supporting. How was that? Uh, it was experience? It was crazy. I hadn't played really much with the band before. Right. I've only, only really been solo. So, yeah, I did find it a bit hard to hear myself up on stage because I didn't have any monitors. Oh, yeah, we spoke about yeah. that earlier in the year, I remember. <laughs> yeah, so that was big learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess like when you get to that level too, like um, you're playing on those stages, there's just so much going on, right? The I know, crowd noise so and then much everything. energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a complete adrenaline rush. Yeah. yeah. No, I loved it. What did you feel like when you came off stage? Like, was that just like one of those tick moments in life where you're like, that was amazing? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. No, I was probably thinking, was that good or not? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was the, probably the like- artist mindset. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't that good. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was. It was, it was in some ways a relief. <laughs> yeah, true. And probably yeah. quite surreal, really. Like, I mean, yeah. I imagine the first time that you play in front of that many people, I haven't played in front of, I think the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of was about a thousand. Yeah. And wow. that's, that's still huge. Yeah. Um, huge. But for you, like 5,000, I imagine that's the kind of thing that the first time you have that big crowd experience, yeah. it must be like over, over all. Like, Definitely. You know. And the lights are so bright that you, yep. you, you can't really see. The audience, the depth, the yeah. depth, but you just feel it, yeah. yeah. So it was, yeah, it was an incredible experience. Yeah, and and also like we did some stuff early in the year with Arts Bin North Coast. So you've had a pretty busy start to the year, and I haven't really seen what you've been up to recently. You're writing, are you recording? Yeah. What, what what's writing going lots on with of you songs? Now? Yeah, um, I had a big break from releasing music just yep. with the Star Maker thing, and I was kind of waiting to see what happened with that. Um, but yeah, no, I've kind of came back around i've got so many songs and demos that i just want to put out i'm trying to commit to uh 10 singles in the next 10 months nice yeah and i've i've put out one recently uh november 4 one came out and um you'll have to send it to me i'll get it (laughs) featured on uh, abc oh awesome thank you you yeah so first one came out um 
earlier this month and yeah, yeah keen to just put a heap of my songs out and see what happens. Is the next one in the pipeline already? Like, yeah, like, definitely. You got a date for that? Yep, December 2nd. December the 2nd. If you're listening, this podcast will be up before then, so uh, tune in. Heath yep. Lancaster on. There's no other Heath Lancasters on, on uh, Spotify, is hope there? hope not. I don't think so. Uh, I put some stuff out on my... Um, uh, my, my, like my solo name, Joshua Matheson a few times. And there's a couple of Joshua Matheson's and <laughs> then you get like your, um, artist profile mixed up and oh. I had some of their songs. on oh, my no. thing. It's pretty frustrating. Oh, no. Uh, but it, yeah, if you, you, that's a pretty unique name. So, uh, you know, if there's any other artists out there, you'd, uh, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be hard. Um, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah. So you're getting to this point where you're starting to release a lot of music, which is really great. Uh, what's your process for doing that? Do you have a label representing or are you doing it all yourself? Indie? Doing it all myself. Yeah. yeah. Which has a lot of challenges. Um, it would be nice to get some assistance, but I kind of like the freedom of doing it myself at the moment. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know. I, I think someone will connect with my songs somewhere out yeah. there. <laughs> so you're doing, so you're doing obviously songwriting production. Uh, you're doing the yeah. mixing yourself at the moment as well. Or? Yeah. I've been doing a lot of producing and then trying to send them away to get mixed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause cool. I'm not really quite confident with mixing yet. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's look, it's good to collaborate. And I think that's the thing we were talking about before, you know, it, um, it's expensive going into studios, expensive hiring engineers and all that sort of thing. But, you know, they do bring uh, an element of expertise. They do. And they can polish off what could be otherwise a great song that, I, you know, I've put stuff out before and gone, I didn't mix that very well. I'm going to take it down again. So it's better better having someone else to do it and you set yourself up with that standard. Definitely. And producing your own songs, you definitely get that creative freedom as well if you yeah. if you can if you can do it and then send it to someone to make it sound good <laughs> so how would you yeah. describe your your music because when i've listened to you and i haven't heard all of your stuff but it doesn't it seems ballady but it doesn't seem country like you know yeah i'd say indie folk and pop yeah. elements as yeah. well that sounds cool i'd say yeah. i definitely country influences yeah. in, in some of the songs especially the ones i haven't released but uh yeah, I'd say mainly indie folk. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. when you're producing at home, like are you just you and your guitar and, and vocals or are you using yeah, percussion yeah, yeah. anything Got, else? Um, love the banjo. Yeah. <laughs> Put banjo in nearly every song Good. somewhere. Yeah. Hide it in. Um, yeah, no, just been, yeah, adding my own instruments and just trying to work out how to make it sound good. Yeah. Um, well, if you have any, um, you know, silver bullets, let me know because I'm, I'm still working out. I'm, I've, yeah, it's so hard. It's, it's such a learning a- process, isn't it? <laughs> it's so hard, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, like, I, I guess it is one of those things that you literally just have to immerse yourself in Definitely. and do over and over and over again. And even with Definitely. releasing music, you would know now um, releasing independently, Definitely. That in itself is a process. Promoting your music, definitely. Process. There's so many aspects to being in the music industry. Exactly. That on your own is so so overwhelming. You know. Have I you know. found that experience a bit I, tricky? Very tricky. Yeah. I find like self promotion very hard. Yeah. I don't like, you know, posting pictures of myself or promoting myself. I just find it really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I think most artists struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, I love creating music and I absolutely love performing, but there's a lot of sides. I mean, even just doing interviews and podcasts, I'm very <laughs> inexperienced with this. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of parts of the industry I I need to 
get better at? Well, I think, uh, look, I think we all are in the same boat and we're all in, on a different, or on the same journey or a similar journey and we're all at just different points. Definitely. But I think that's the whole idea. And this, this podcast is literally designed to like explore the, the artist stories of, of artists, yeah, musicians awesome. and otherwise. I've had like um, filmmakers on here and photographers and visual artists, oh, awesome. which is really cool. Um, and yeah, it's really just about your story. And I think that's the whole thing. Like, you know, as a, as a young songwriter, you've got a story, you know, you're able to capture moments in time and kind of eloquently articulate them with poetry and music, which is a really good thing. Um, what would you say is like, what, what are one of the, like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that probably Toyota Starmaker was probably a highlight um, of your career so far. But yeah, have, you, have you got a, a other few? I want to talk about like some experiences, like big highlights or, and then after that, maybe any like um, really embarrassing <laughs> or like just odd moments oh, like, wow. in, in your career so far. There's lots of those. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Oh, I mean, start with highlights. Um, definitely working with Garrett Cato with those yeah, first wow. two songs. That That's was great. That was a huge highlight for me because I've always been a huge fan yeah. of his music and learning from him. Um, and releasing those first couple of songs was big highlight for me. How did um, that? How did that come about? I just messaged him, yeah, <laughs> out of the blue, and he Great. responded. I didn't think he'd respond. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. So learn a lot from that experience. Uh, just I've been getting to do some support acts down in Sydney now. Yeah, uh, I opened for Daryl Braithwaite. Yeah, a month or two ago. Great, which was. Awesome. I opened for Thompson Twins at the Enmore Theatre wow, a couple of weeks nice. ago, which was great venue. Incredible venue. That was so awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I do get um, a few highlights, but there's a lot of lowlights in tell, between, tell in between me some those. Tell some of those lowlights. I mean, I've been doing lots of like um, pub gigs as well and like cafes and bars yeah. and stuff. You know, you know, you do those geek type of gigs as well. And, yeah. you know, there's definitely some moments where you you question what you're doing and, you know, sometimes I've played to like one person. Yep, that's well, I've played building. to no one actually yeah, for no, like three hours. Wow. Yeah, and I got paid for it, but yeah. it's sometimes very demoralizing. It's it's yeah, it's a little bit disheartening. I yeah. remember um, uh, a gig a long time ago now where I played to an empty room, but just the the two bar people for yeah. about an hour and a half. <laughs> And I know. I'm like, there was just no, and then and it was one of those pubs where there's so many areas, but the place that they put me, so there's people in these in the restaurant oh, no. and out the back on the deck and whatever. They put me in the front bar, no one in the front bar. <laughs> I'm like, what is even the point? And it is disheartening, right? Definitely. You know, like what what what's going through your mind when you're playing? And there's, you know, sometimes it can be no one. I'd almost pre- pre- prefer to play to no one than uh, a non-responsive crowd too. True. Have you, have you had those experiences where definitely. you're like playing really well and you finish a song and you're smiling Yeah, and, and then, then it's just crickets? <laughs> no, exactly. Especially in Sydney as well because people are just used to a musician being in the corner. I feel like in regional areas it's a bit more unique. Yeah, totally. But in Sydney it's definitely just expected yep. that there's a musician yep. there. And no one pays attention. No. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do find it easier when there's more energy in the room. Yeah, to get through the three three hours or whatever Fair it is. Enough. But I I find it a lot harder when 
there's only a couple of people and, and there's no energy for me to go off. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like um, we're such emotional creatures, artists. Definitely. Like we, we look for those like highs. Like um, I've heard a few people say that I've had on the podcast. Like if I'm having one of those nights, I look for that one person or two people Definitely. in the audience who's who the foot's tapping or the head's nodding Definitely. or whatever to get them through. For me, yeah. I, I got to the point where um, like uh, I, I – I love playing so much and I, I hate it when there's just no um, no response because the whole idea for me is like the, a performance should be an engaging experience. Exactly. For the it's listener. a two-way interaction. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and so now I just be really sm- like a uh, full-on smart ass and I, I just – if I finish a song and, and I feel like I've nailed it and no one cares, <laughs> I'm like uh, – <clears throat> if you guys don't mind like just clapping occasionally <laughs> – uh, it would just make me feel heaps better about being a musician, you know. <laughs> and I, I like it's. It t- took me that's, so that's long. That's great. I should try that. Definitely try it because, like, <laughs> I feel like what I used to do, and you might be able to relate to this because, like, we're we're at probably different spectrums. Like, uh, you're, how old are you? Twenty one. So I'm thirty six. I've been doing this since since I was your yeah, age. Wow. Um, and so for so many years. I would do exactly what you do. You just, oh, no one's responding or it's a quiet gig. Or, oh, this is stupid. What am I doing? Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Uh, and I had to push through that. And, and I'm, I know you, you've got that kind of um, tenacity that you, you will. And you, yeah. you end up going, all right, well, it's a paid practice or whatever. Exactly, yeah. But for me, for me, I'm like, nah, like people should be like at <laughs> least clapping. If it's just to make me feel better, I don't even exactly. care. You know? Yeah. And usually what happens that I, what I've found is that, um, you can break down some barriers and then there'll be someone who's like been really enjoying it, who like starts yeah. clapping at the end and come up and talk to you. Exactly. Because, yeah, you know, but I, I hear you, man. Like some of those gigs are hard to be in <laughs> It's there. so hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a really nice staff member. Yeah, totally. Or someone comes up uh, from the crowd and, you know, says hello and that can just make the gig. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just put me in a positive mindset. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's just a lot harder when when there's just no one there. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Like, um, I mean, you just – I guess you've got to develop ways of, of coping and for me that was one of the ways. So, by all means, I, I look forward to catching up with you next time and I hope you use those lines. <laughs> and I, I'm just curious to see how it goes. I, um, yeah. I haven't played in Sydney for a few years. I used to play down there quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I get it too because, like, you're playing at a lot of little bars and little cafes or little bre- like microbreweries or Definitely, whatever. Definitely, yeah. Um, and sometimes they were, they were great and sometimes it's like, is this thing on? Is, yeah. is anyone listening? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I remind myself that you kind of just, you need to earn it though. If like, yeah. if you do end up, um, I don't know, getting a bit more success, then I want to earn it. You don't want to just get thrown in front of thousands when you're, no. when you're in your teen, late yeah. teens because you're not ready for it. That's exactly yeah. right. You'd probably be really fascinated to... Um, uh, hear Jason Lowe's story, and uh, yeah. I ha- I've had Jason on the podcast before, but his whole story was like um, blew up when he was about nineteen. Wow! Um, started touring the country like he's a blues slide guitarist. Yeah, and uh, basically he tried to do a Bob Dylan where he went from like he was known for this slide guitar thing, he was getting heaps of recognition and like to Triple J play and touring mm. and blah blah blah, and then he tried to do something completely different and it just it just didn't take off for him and it, it yeah, right. killed all his momentum. And uh, it's a really interesting story because he talks about the fact that like he, he was he had it in the palm of his hand yeah. and then lost it because he he was like I didn't want to be known by 
by just the slide guitar guy. Yeah, right. Um, but it's really fascinating you saying that because you're exactly right. Like there, you have to cut your teeth a little bit. Definitely. You have to develop a little bit of grit. Exactly. And sometimes even though those gigs at the time are painful and punishing, <laughs> you can look back and go, you know what? I've done my time. Like I've yeah. sat through those gigs and I've exactly. played my heart out to three people yeah. who couldn't give a stuff if I was there or not. Exactly. You know what I mean? You learn the most from the most difficult experiences. That's I think. exactly right. That's yeah. what I've found. Yeah. And you grow the most. Like yeah. I'm I'm I've I've very happy I, I kind of lost that style maker competition because I've learnt so much more yeah. because of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, that you you have those moments of like being a little bit disheartened. Definitely, yeah. Um, and, and I guess like you probably come to uh, a lot of crossroads and, and you would you would be the same and I'm sure you already had them and, and you will again because being a full-time musician, it's not an easy life. No. Like, it's beautiful, it's fun, you have the best time, but sometimes it's a struggle, right? Definitely. You know, you have those times when, you know, things aren't going well. So, I mean, it's great to hear you at 21 years of age going, you learn the most from those dark (laughs) experiences because, yeah. You have to remind yourself that. Otherwise, sometimes it's just you don't want to, you know, turn up for that gig because you know that there's not going to be many people there. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you just got to keep on Keep on keeping Keep on going. <laughs> yeah, there's no other way, man. Exactly. And I think like, you know, from talking to you already, I feel like you've got that kind of fire in your soul where you're like, I just got to kind of explore this until I don't want to explore it anymore exactly. or I go to as, as high as I can get or exactly. whatever. And that yeah. seems like your trajectory. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah. So we talked about low lights. We talked about some highlights. Uh, what about some like, uh, have you had some embarrassing moments, some awkward kind of interactions or any performance faux pas or anything? Oh, I don't know. I've done a lot of busking growing up and yeah. I, you get a lot of weird moments in busking, like people walk past and laugh at you or just, really? yeah, I've had some weird experiences. That is weird. Like why? And I don't know. I think people have kind of taken aback that you're, kind of putting yourself out there so much. Mm. And I I mean I am putting myself out there to be judged, but usually people don't actually judge make you that in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> make that so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so a lot of weird things happen when I go busking. Yeah. But that's kind of why I like it. Well, I suppose it's a bit edgy. You kind of, and like you said, that's a great way of doing it. You are putting yourself out there to be judged. Yeah. Um and hopefully you know, the majority of people are going to enjoy it, but but you do set yourself up, and I think exactly. that's a, an Australian thing. We're talking about it before, like uh, in Australia, that like we have this tall poppy syndrome, and the, like yeah. being a musician is kind of still this thing of like, oh, haha, you're a musician. It's not, yeah, yeah, definitely. it's not accepted or celebrated so much as a career choice. I know? agree. Yeah, I agree. So I hopefully, we can change that. that one busking audience member at a time. <laughs> um, you know, I've had a I had a few funny interactions like. You know, people like just blazon, brazenly, um, just going, play something good, mate. <laughs> and you, you're I get, like, I get I, that as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> like, music is so subjective. Like, what do you oh want to hear? I want to hear this, you know, song that I've heard on the radio every day for the last twenty years. I know. I, I don't play that. I'm it's really like, sorry. I'm not a jukebox. I'm yeah, a person. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I have this thing where. And I haven't, I haven't had it lately, which has been kind of nice. Although it's kind of annoying. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting to a level in my career where I'm, I'm comfortable just to call people on their rude behaviour. Yeah, I yeah. just haven't had that experience so much lately. But it's like you know, 
you're a musician, right? You're a you're a pop indie folk musician. Yeah. And someone might come in and go, I just want you to play Van Halen. And you, you've got your acoustic guitar there and you're like, mate, like you, it's it's the equivalent of you asking a plumber to, to build a skyscraper. I agree. Like, it's a totally different thing. It's so different. Yeah. Like I've, I mean, I don't know how to play every song in, in the world. So- <laughs> Do you know how many songs get uploaded to Spotify every day? Is it like 40,000? 40, 40,000. Yeah. 40,000 every day. And And then- and I mean, look, um, and then there's songs that don't even get added to Spotify. Like, imagine how many songs are actually in the world. I know. And people are like, play this one. I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. Everyone. I don't. I don't. What do you want me to say? Friend? I know. Anyway. Yeah. Awkward interactions. <laughs> I don't think I've had anything too serious. I did have one guy try to punch me in the head at an oh, open wow. mic night once. Really? Yeah. He um he got up to play. I mean, it was a bit of a sad scenario. He got up to play. Um, I had a brand new Fender, uh, yeah. this one here. Oh, wow. Uh, this telly. Yeah. He got up to play and he's smoking a cigarette as he's playing really poorly and he's really drunk and yeah. the ash is just going everywhere on my guitar, brand oh, new guitar. Oh, no. So, I was like, okay, good stuff, mate. Like, thanks. Took the guitar off him and he tried to have a swing at me. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was classic. Wow. That was a long time ago. Have you had anything like that? Not that extreme, <laughs> luckily. Just, yeah. just people like, just awkward interactions on just the street. always awkward interactions. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, it is so different. To- How do you cope with that when you're playing? I don't know. I I don't know. It is, it is just you're putting yourself out there to be judged. So you can't really be surprised mm. that people are going to judge you. But- I don't know. It's just kind of sometimes it just motivates motivates me even further yeah. to keep going and keep trying when I get those experiences. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a good way to be. I think, like you say, like you oh, and you said it before. Like those down experiences, those low experiences, are the ones that you learn from. Definitely. Um, and so you know, I imagine having that situation where you're having an awkward interaction with someone, it can feel uncomfortable, a bit confronting. Yeah. And and probably just being at peace with what you're doing as well is probably a, a, a it's a great lesson to learn as you're doing that and people are kind of questioning or maybe being a bit rude or whatever. I think for you just to kind of pers- yeah, persevere. I've learned like in the last year or so when I'm doing lots of gigs that you kind of just have to have this unconditional self worth. Yeah. You're like I'm good no matter what people think yeah. or what people say. Like I'm comfortable in in who I am and my songs and yeah. I don't really care what you think. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. <laughs> no, dude, you've, yeah. hit, you've hit the nail on yeah. the head. And I think like, you know, if you're thinking that now, like you're going to go places and even if it's just whatever, you know, you want to do, like, you know, maybe you do Star Maker, maybe you play in front, in front of 10,000 people at Tamworth Country Music Festival. But just that attitude, man, is like, it's a, I struggle with that stuff for it years. Is, it is so hard. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. Um. But yeah, I've been doing this acting course since in Sydney. Actually, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, and I, I've learned a lot from that actually because it's so important to be present and in the moment with your partner. Yeah. Uh, and I've 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 learned a lot about performing and and how to not worry about the audience and what they think of you. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't. Because if you do, then you're not present. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, and what's the, so and and uh, with the acting course, I'm, I mean, we didn't even talk about that, but that, that's quite fascinating. What's the um, the end goal, or are you doing it because you're interested in doing I'm more acting? I'm or? definitely interested in it. I've always loved movies. Yeah, <laughs> um, but 
I don't know. I just want to learn as many skills as I can and just, you know, diversify my skill set. So I can always try and find a way of making money. Yeah, <laughs> no matter totally. what, no matter what happens. Yeah, if we have another pandemic or whatever, you can be on. You can ads just and movies <laughs> and all sorts of things. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe. Well, I'm, I'm sure. You, I mean, if you if you've got that attitude, I'm sure you'll go places with it. Um, I imagine too, like like you were saying with the whole performance aspect. Like most musicians probably don't think about. Um, themselves like they think about themselves as performers but yeah but not as actors and essentially you're, you're on stage yeah definitely pre- presenting yourself a lot of, as a little bit of an actor you have to be sometimes you have to be really energetic and fun and you yeah. just feel so tired and dead inside but you've just got to put on this mask and go up and perform yeah, yeah. it's kind of like an alter ego right it like is. You, you yeah you put your your performing hat on and it's and i suppose like a lot of people have this um thing with going to work it's like you come to work and you leave your your bad vibes or, or whatever's definitely. happening outside of that you come to work and you put on that hat and you this is who you are definitely um and that's i imagine with acting probably more so than with musicians because musicians we're all real moody and emotional definitely <laughs> actors just have to be on right Exactly. You always have to be on, even when you're really tired. Yeah. You just have to be. You have to be uh, on the ball. What kind of stuff are you learning um, as you're as you're doing this acting course? Like uh, that might help your music career. Do you think? Um, I just think, you know, getting more experience with connection with other people and yeah. like locking in with people's eyes and reading their behaviour because mm. that's a big part of big part of it, and just getting trying to get better at reading people's behavior and I, I feel like that's helping me a lot in not just in my music career but just in life in general totally yeah, yeah. that's a great skill to have like being yeah. able to um have that intuition of like what's happening in any given situation based yeah. on body language exactly. or eye contact or whatever like yeah that. yeah it's so important to be present and in the moment yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting i never heard that said before like when you are worried about what's happening in the audience that you're not present. And I think yeah. that's a great lesson for musicians and performers to learn Definitely. because it is so easy to get thrown by someone who's like, you know, maybe got a scowling look on their yeah. face. Throws or, a beer bottle. Yeah, throws a beer <laughs> bottle or tries to punch you in the head because um, you didn't let them play your guitar or something like that. Um, no, you're exactly right. And obviously there's those moments that can get you uh, a little bit off track but just having that presence of mind to come back quickly and go, it's not about you, friend. Exactly. Like, I'm doing my thing. And, yeah. and that sounds certainly what you're doing. Yeah. It's 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 a hard I, – I mean, I haven't mastered it at all. I'm just trying to learn it, but it's so hard. You're probably ahead of the game for a lot of people because, yeah, a lot of people – my age and beyond still get really emotional when they have an, an awkward interaction and, yeah. with performing, you know? Yeah. Um, and just trying to forget about that quickly. Mm, like yeah. a lot of the time, like, cause I have like had, um, you know, moments of anxiety and just, mm. you know, having a conversation with someone and then laying in bed at night and just that conversation going over and over in my head. Yep. And like, what, why did I say that? Or yeah. like, what, but like, there's no point in doing that. Nah. It's just, it's just sometimes it's so hard not to do that. Totally, man. And you get yourself into uh, a, a really unhealthy mind loop, loop. of, of yeah. just like and you over dramatize what ha- what happened or what you exactly. said or what they said yeah doesn't do you any favors 
Um, no. But it's a hard skill to unlearn once you've been doing it. Once for a long you've time. been so, doing you know, it, the fact that you're kind of thinking about that stuff now is incredible. Um, do you do like any mindfulness or meditation or anything like that to help you with that sort of stuff? I think like songwriting has always been my kind of yeah. mindfulness yeah. and just you know meditation. <laughs> Sit down and it's such a cathartic yeah, process. Right? It is. Yeah, yeah. I've always kind of found that um, very healing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're getting close to the end of our uh, our time together, which has been awesome, by the way. Thanks for, for coming in. No, thanks for having me. Of, of course. Um, but before we finish up, uh, what what's on the horizon for you? I mean, obviously, we talked about you, you're doing acting, so yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing your name <laughs> on some TV show somewhere. Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> obviously, releasing some singles and that sort of thing. But any other plans, like putting an album together, a tour, or doing anything like that? Yeah, so next 10 singles I release over 10 months, I'm hoping to put an album out at the end of that. Great. With 11 songs. Yeah. With all those singles on it. Anything, yeah. and, and additional album tracks as well? We'll see what happens. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's a lot of songs to come between now and then. So, how see many, what happens. How many songs do you reckon um, you, you're sort of right? Like, are you sort of trying to write something new every week or every second week? Or like, or you, is it just more when inspiration strikes? Yeah. I, I've, I haven't got the greatest process. I write thousands of ideas. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's just a verse melody or a chorus melody. Sure. And a lot of the time they don't finish into full songs. So there's probably only a hundred, hundred and fifty finished. Finished. Yeah, yeah. Well, still, they're not even finished. They're not even finished. Or, or <laughs> but more, more than not. Yeah. More than more than just a verse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I don't know. But yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, for someone your age, that's still a lot of a lot of songs. And I think that's the thing. You're like honing your craft, and sometimes. It's okay. I mean, um, I had Scott Collins in who's um, an amazing audio engineer and, and musician and performer and he said basically his whole vibe is if you're not writing bad songs, or you're not, you're not going to be writing good songs. And I don't True. know if you have this. Um, I definitely have lots of bad songs. <laughs> well, me too. And, and songs that I would c- consider are maybe horrible musically or lyrically not very clever, but they still capture something. So yeah. they, they mean a lot to me. And I listen back to them every now and then and I'm like, oh, is this worth revisiting? No, but it definitely captures the time and place. And I think that's the thing. It's like you're honing your craft every time you write a song. Exactly. If, if no one gets to hear that, that's okay. That's okay. You know? But you've learned from it. You've, you, it's, it's so important to finish them. I need to get so much better at that. Yeah. It's tricky though, isn't it? It's it like- is. Um, uh, you know, we talked before about like capturing those moments of inspiration. There's also in the songwriting process, m- a lot of moments of no inspiration. Exactly. You, you have this first idea and you go, oh, this verse is really cool. Or this chorus looks really cool. Yeah. And then you like try to write the next part and you're like, it's just not happening. Do you have that experience? Uh, definitely. Sometimes there's a part of it that I love that I can never write a song around it. Yeah. That's it's, tricky, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And that's where I guess like working with some of the best producers can really help you because yeah. they have the experience and they've obviously done their time, like music exactly. knowledge, theory, production, whatever. And they can go, okay, here's where we can go. But you can yeah. get to that point where you just get stonewalled. I agree. Like, How do I get through this wall? Like I, I felt like this chorus was just going to be the best thing I've ever written. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, I can't even finish the song. I also have this problem that, uh, after a week of writing a song, no matter, I mean, how good or bad the song is, I always think it's terrible. Yeah. A week after I write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and so if I don't finish the song within that first week of coming up with the idea, a lot of times it never gets finished. Hard to go back because to. Because yeah. I've kind of lost my, 
I don't know, excitement for it. Yeah. Well, the moment of inspiration has gone. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think that's something that, um, and, and I, I, I'm, assur- I'm assured that you'll, you'll um, kind of get to this point where you can go, you can recreate some of those moments of inspiration. True. Yeah. It's so hard because like I'm the same as you. I love writing from like, I'm pumped about this idea yeah. or this beat or this chord progression. And you feel that like an initial yeah. fire. Yeah. And then that fire subsides <laughs> and a week goes by and two weeks, yeah. goes, sometimes months go by. Yeah. I'm releasing a song very soon oh, um, awesome. that uh, I wrote probably, probably three years ago. Wow. And uh, similar to you have this like, Oh yeah, I brought it to the band. We played it heaps live. Yeah. And then I hated it for ages. And then I hated the version and I was like, no, but this can be better and and revisited. I finally yeah. got to the point where I'm super happy with it three years oh, awesome. later. Yeah. Um, so it, it's possible. And, it and possible. I've, I have had those days in the studio where I'm like, I'm starting from scratch, but I know the scaffolding of the song yeah, awesome. and, and brought new life to it. But it is tricky, man. I, I feel you because like- yeah. We're, we're such emotive creatures, musicians. We're yeah. really tapped in, like empathy and inspiration and all that kind of stuff. We're arty. We're a bit weird. <laughs> Very um, weird. So weird <laughs> and so emotional and, and whatever. Like you say, like, you know, highs and lows and hills and valleys. Yeah. Um, but there is that possibility of recreating. It's just you, you've you got to be intentional. I think that's the thing. When you're so used to having those moments of inspiration and going, yeah, this is happening, and then you don't have it, yeah. you can't. That's when the toil comes in. You know, I, I very much agree. Yeah. Definitely. Dude, Good. it's been so great talking to you. Um, where, if people want to connect with your music, with you, uh, I know you yeah. said you're not like super active on like just <laughs> you know sharing all your stuff, but I'm sure it's all it's all online. Where do, where do they yeah. need to go? Just Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, all the streaming platforms, and um, and on socials as well. On social, Instagram, Facebook, just yep. he- just Heath- my name, Heath Lancaster. Heath Lancaster, yep. nice and easy. It'll be in the in, in the show notes and and whatever as well. Dude, thank you so much for coming in. Um, let's go have a drink of water and get out of this really humid, <laughs> humid room, dude. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks, Heath. Cheers. <laughs>